Hey everybody, welcome back to another thrilling episode of the Way of the Fist podcast. I am your co-host, Jonathan Seavey, and as always, joining me all the way from some undisclosed location. <laughs> hey everybody. Michael, yep. what's up, buddy? I'm doing great, doing great. Just, uh, well, I mean, it'll be over by the time uh, this airs, but we just started off watching a little bit of the uh, All Japan Championships. Mm. Uh, so uh, we'll see how uh, it was going well. Uh, yeah. The only one I really paid attention to so far is Uexai Yumi came back and uh, run her won her first round, which was actually the second round. She got a bye mm. first mm. round. So uh, we'll see how she does. And then right before we uh, before we went live here, Kata was about to start, and uh, Shimizu Kyo is back in action. So uh, mm. we'll see how she fares against her arch rival slash nemesis, uh, the Ono Hikaru, the current and uh, current all. Well, if you, if you had to put if you had to put some money on it, who you got, Ono or Kyo? That's a great question. Uh, in the past, I would have gone straight Ono. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I would take a gamble and maybe go on, on Shimizu this time. Mm. So we'll see, mm. but see, it's kind of curious. So we'll see like what her, cause she hasn't competed since the Olympics. Right. So, right. um, right. I think the Olympics was the last one. Like, I don't think she went to the world championships after that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what, what, what's the past year has, has done for her. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, yeah. But, uh, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot, man. Just, well, I shouldn't say not a whole lot. Actually, it's, it's been an overwhelming amount of things actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just... You know, training is going really well. The dojo, uh, you know, our, our our population of students is like through the roof right now. Just you know, just doing everything I can to, I don't know, make it through because we're just so busy, just so busy right now. But yeah, in, in a good way. It's like all good busy, but it's just hard busy right now. So, mm. but it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. We, we don't have a long enough podcast, I think, to list it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would probably take up the whole episode. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's all good. Family's doing well. Baby's That's good. growing tall. That's good. She started She started actually doing some, like, decent mawashigeti the other day. So. Oh, really? All on her own? And, yeah, well, so she, she does this thing where she likes to climb on top of our coffee table and just stand up. Oh, it's like her. It's like her favorite thing, and it's kind of terrifying. I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know, she's 15 months, and and she's like a monkey, and she she jumps right off the couch, just jumps yeah, off. Of I'm course, like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so but how she gets up on the table is she like picks up her right leg and just like puts it on the table, and I'm like you know, you, you've got a, a pretty good chamber here. Like, I think this is something we can work with. So we started going from there and she started kicking my hand. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I, I was making it a joke. Like, you know, like I was taking her foot and just hitting my hand and being like, ah, you know, and she was kind of giggling at it. And then all of a sudden she started doing it herself. And then I was putting my hands up and, and she's kicking it. So, you know, there you training go. her without her. No, she's getting trained. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So that's, that's been fun. Yeah, uh, I think that's an area where I was less successful yeah. when uh, when my daughter was young. But well, I think I think uh, when my daughter realizes what's happening, she's going to be like, "Nah, I don't want to do it anymore." <laughs> probably, probably that's yeah. probably the way way it'll happen. But we'll see. So Nicole's training now, though. So she is training now. Um, in Japanese, there's a a saying called mudiari where you're yeah. you, you kind of just have to do it by no choice right no choice so, yeah <laughs> so she's mudiari she's doing it but uh yeah. um yeah like even yesterday she was work she she spent all the all afternoon over at a friend's house working on an english project it's due next week and then she came home 
and uh, or no, maybe it was the day before. And uh, I was like, well, okay, well, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to I'm going to go do some training. Want to go do some kata? And she's, you know, she was drawing on, you know, doing some art on her iPad, and she just kind of looked at me and like shook yeah. her head, <laughs> like barely acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess no more pinanyon done for you today. Not today. Uh, yeah. Not today. Not today, Sensei. Not today. So. But when 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 uh, Mama San starts outranking her, and then then she'll well, be like. See, that's the thing, right, is because she's always been the senpai now, right? She's always yeah. been, like, a little bit ahead. But, um, yeah, Mrs. Hagen is uh, on her way to, to, to catching. I mean, she's only one rank behind. So, right, right. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. So, but anyways, all right. So let's get to it. What, uh, it. what are we going to talk about today, Jonathan? Uh, we're talking about the uh, teacher versus practitioner, the roles mm -hmm. and the capability of teaching. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because this has come up, you know, we've kind of hinted, this has kind of started to interject itself into the last couple of episodes, actually. Yeah. So uh, I thought it would be a good a good place to, to try and tie this in. Yeah. Well, you know, something also that I've seen recently on uh, like Facebook and like the karate pages and, and, and whatnot is people discussing the quantity of like nanadans and above. Oh, yeah. In karate, right? right. And there's, there's, there's a lot globally and there's a lot like just on the island of Okinawa. But there's a lot of them that hold those ranks that actually aren't teachers. They've been practicing for a long time, and it's a personal choice to not be a teacher for right. them. They want to just do the, they just want to go do karate, and they're they're fine with showing up, you know, whatever the bare minimum is that they do, you know, two or three times a week, and you know they've been doing that for, you know, sixty plus years, just living <laughs> their life, right. right? You know, right, and. You know, you go to the dojo and, and, and sometimes you see them and you're like, oh, wow, they're like, a, you know, Hachidan or Kidan or whatever. I want to go like learn from them. And you, you may go ask them a question and they'll be like, I don't know, go ask, you know, go ask the other sensei or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, just not cut from the teacher's cloth or maybe just like don't want to teach. Well, so that's the, that's an interesting topic because before we really get into the meat of it, I want to tie it back very, just very briefly to our, our, uh, I don't know if it was the last one or the one before where we talked about like what the old masters, were they really any good? Right. Right. And the karate that we have today, kind of regardless of style really comes down from maybe 10 or 15 people. Right. If you look yeah. at the different styles, I mean, uh, the, you know, the Okinawans that went to mainland, some Okinawans that stayed in Okinawa and then some, you know, that first generation of Japanese teachers, uh, are kind of the, the, the branches from which the major organizations and the major styles come from. But they, the reality is whether they were skilled or not, you know, setting that aside, they were really just a very small sample of the people who actually did, you know, who were practicing karate at the time, but either through circumstance, like you mentioned, chose not to, try and start a school or start a dojo or, you know, other life circumstances happened, or maybe they only had, um, you know, a very small handful of students and it never really, I mean, uh, Kyoda Juhatsu is a very good example. Do you know who that is? Kyoda Juhatsu? Yes. Mm -hmm. For, for Toon Ryu, right? Toon Ryu, yeah. Yeah, Toon Ryu. And he, you know, he's actually Miyagi's, uh, Chojun Sensei's, you know, senpai in the dojo. Mm -hmm. And then ended up moving to the mainland, and you know his organiz his his style still exists, but it's much much smaller, right? And that's very just, small, yeah. very small. Um, you know, and they do a different. Uh, they don't do the exact same kata sets that that that, that Goju does and, and things like that. But you know, and you also look at like that big picture, um, uh, or not the big picture, but the picture of all the students in front of Shuti Castle. Yeah. Right. And they're all out there, you know, doing, you know, whatever, the beginning of whatever kata. And then there's the the guy on the platform 
Well, the guy on the platform is uh, Shiroma, Shiroma Shimpan, mm. who was also like a contemporary of, you know, Itosu Sensei's generation. And, you know, maybe, I think he was a student of Itosu Sensei. So that would put him like Mabuni, right? Funokoshi generation of people. Yeah. And, you know, he's pretty well known, but he has, you know, very few, you know, he didn't start his own style, you know, and he kind of, you know, he, he had some other places and there were people who studied under him, but it's not really like he has his own big lineage after that. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> right. So I guess my question then is because this has come up several times, then how can, does being a good practitioner make you a good teacher? Right. So my personal opinion is not necessarily, mm. but they don't have to be mutually exclusive either. So like for some of those guys that you just mentioned, um, let's go back to like more of the like popular named ones, Funakoshi, uh, Miyagi, um, <clears throat> you know, those guys, Mabuni, they developed a reputation, mm. right? At least w at some level. Right. Or kind of showed that like, hey, I can do this or, uh, you know, they, they were in a political position to, you know, have notoriety or whatever. So people like sought them out mm. to, to be their teachers and, right. and maybe maybe they weren't good teachers, but they had to adapt and, and become teachers. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that like is still sort of true. Like even in my own organization, uh, Shinjo Masanobu Sensei, you know, he was a strong practitioner of Goju-ryu in the Shorekan, and people were going to the Shorekan because they wanted to train with Shinjo Sensei. Mm. But I don't know that he was necessarily a good teacher at that point in time in his life. I think he had to develop it like later on and become a teacher, um, but at the height of him being a practitioner, I don't know that he was like a, a fantastic teacher. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and I agree. And I, because you look at being a great practitioner doesn't in and of itself mean that you can explain things or, you know, because I find that sometimes I think it depends on how you learn something also. Yeah depends on your ability or will influence your ability to explain it in a way. Yeah. Um, well, with that being said too, the idea of what's a good teacher now is vastly different from what was considered to be a good teacher. Uh, now knowing that people learn in a different way, <laughs> right? Because right, right, right. <laughs> in, in the past, everything was, this is the way that I teach. And if you can't learn from me, you're a bad student. Right. Right. Well, and I think that that's, so that's, I, I would even hazard to say that that's a very Western way of looking at it yeah. versus the, the, what yeah. I would describe as a, a, a typical uh, Japanese perspective. And right. part of the reason for that is uh, just basic social, uh, I don't know if constraints is the right word, social the the way society is mm -hmm. social aspects i mean you know when you when you're in if you think back to, to high school right and uh when your teacher asks a question you could look at the classroom and you could see a there's like there's people who are going to answer there's going to be people who aren't going to answer there's going to be people who will only answer if they're called upon or who will volunteer and answer there's always the those ones who will automatically put out the snarky comment or the smart ass comment and things like that. But there's a wide variety of, of, uh, ways that the, in the discussion would happen. Right. And in fact, right. And a lot of Western education is based around discussion. And the teacher would ask a question because they want to elicit the, the level of understanding, the response that would show the level of understanding of yeah. the material from the students. Whereas, um, you know, when I was a student in Japan over the summer, I had a, a part-time job teaching English to like high school students. Mm 
junior high and high school students that um, some, and it wasn't like a formal thing, um, but like somebody either out of school or, you know, my, you know, people that I knew got together and be like, oh, Michael needs a part-time job. So here, here's all of our, you know, all the neighborhood kids are going to get together now and they're going to have an English lesson and then we're going to pay Michael a little bit of money, right? Mm. But it was mostly high school kids, I think, if I remember correctly. And so, okay, today we're going to talk about this. And then you go and you ask a question and it's 15 kids who are sitting there with, you know, nobody is willing to respond. Yeah. Right. The learning uh, in the, the societal learning method is very different. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is what I want you to memorize. This is what, you know, and I want you to repeat after me or I want you to say whatever. And it wasn't based around discussion and eliciting response and understanding. So when we look at even karate, that method I think still continues today in Japan, in Okinawa, maybe less in Okinawa, but definitely on the mainland. Mm. Um, you know, cause you hear, you know, I was, I was, I was reading some, some post or some, some, something, I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook or something, or it was an article. And, um, you know, we, I talk about it right now. I can play, you know, you we play the Gaijin card, right? Oh, sensei, yeah. what about this? Right. Or, and you just ask some random question and all the Japanese students are like, oh, I can't believe, like, I really want to know the answer, but I can't believe that they just asked that, right? Yeah, right. You know, or like, oh, I can't believe you asked them, but let me listen to see what the answer is too. Because I've been wanting to ask that question for five years. Um, and so I, I think that carries over. But whereas, you know, I see what, when I look at it from the Western perspective, especially coaching athletes, you know, and you know who all the athletes are that, that I've coached. There's a wide variety of personalities and oh, yeah. learning styles there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with some athletes, I can say, okay, uh, this is what I want you to work on. This is exactly how I want you to train. Mm-hmm. And I'll see you next week and we'll see how your progress is. Right. Versus, you know, a, a different athlete who needs somebody who, who, who is not able to train very well on their own or needs somebody to be there to hand guide them, like do it again, do it again, as well as, you know, one person might be like, okay, that's good. Right. Or like, mm, okay, I've got you like, all right. I, yep. What you're doing is good. Right. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing that versus another person's like, okay, good job. Okay. Let's do that again. Okay. Yep. You know, and so you've got to, you know, one person may need a lot more positive reinforcement, uh, to be told that they're doing it correctly versus, okay, now here, when we do this. And so as a coach, I don't see my position so much as an instructor, like running a dojo per se. Right. But as a coach trying to elicit higher performance, then I feel at least, you know, that my job is to, to figure out what makes that person tick and Mm -hmm. how do I move how, how do I get that person? What do I say to this person versus what might be a little bit different to this other person to get them to perform at a higher level? Yeah. yeah. That can be challenging when you have a pretty large number of uh, athletes that you're working with as well. Right. Right. Well, and, yeah. and, and I see, and that's where I also differentiate that between like what, I mean, you, you would not be able to do that in a, class setting in a dojo class setting of, of 20, 20 students. Right. No. Right? So, I mean, that's where, you know, it takes that ability to know who you're, who you're talking to first. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to be technically proficient yes. as well. Right. To, to, in an ideal situation. Right. I, ideally, <laughs> ideally, you're technically proficient. I.e., that means you actually know what the material that you're talking about. Yeah. Right. But then the harder you, you part, have, you have trained this material in the past <laughs> at some point. Right. Right. Uh, and then being able to, um, uh, get that across, get that message across, mm-hmm. in a manner that the person is able to receive it. I agree. You're, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Actually, it was one of, uh, I, w- I was in a seminar probably when I was like 
maybe Shodan level. Yeah. And I remember the teacher uh, discussing teaching and saying that, like, you know, because we were all, like, I'm pretty sure we were all, like, fresh Shodans, maybe Nidan level or something like that. And mm. the discussion was, was now that you are at this black belt level, you now have this responsibility. You're going to have to start teaching and you have to, you know, you have to do this. And if you're going to be a black belt, you have to be a teacher, which I disagree with. I don't think right. you need to be a teacher if you're going to be a black belt. But it does help. Uh, you know, if you're in the dojo and you're like helping out or whatever to have some of this, this knowledge. But the, the thing that he said was you have to be able to teach everyone in the room at the same time, meaning mm. you have to have, if you have white belts all the way up through advanced level, you have to be able to have like a spectrum that you're teaching that yeah. everybody can like kind of fall under and, and be like, yes, we're, we're, we're getting good information and we're moving forward. Cause if you're only teaching to the white belt, you know, yes, that advanced student should always be working on the Kihon and should be fine with it. But let's face it, you know, we want that, we want the, you know, the, the meat and potatoes. We don't want just, right. you know, that stuff. So, but if you're only teaching to the advanced student, then the beginner students are going to be totally, you know, uh, disassociated and, and, you know, not be able to understand what's happening. So you've got to be able to, to find that balance of teaching all at once. Oh, I agree. And that's actually something that I've been um, confronted with uh, in my own, like, regular community dojo class mm -hmm. frequently. And it may happen again, actually. Uh, so, you know, because the, you know, the way that everything is structured here, we have a fair amount of turnover as people come and leave, mm -hmm. right? right. They come, come and go. And so somebody just arrived and I, I was told that, you know, this, uh, there's this new 13 year old that, that just got here and, and wants to start. And so when I look at that, I'm like, okay, that's great. We have somebody else who wants to start doing karate. Awesome. Right. But that also means now that my attention now will have to get diverted to the somebody from the very beginning again, yeah. And so when I've got other students in the class, and we, you know, we've only got one, the one class, right? There's no advanced, there's no intermediate. It's just one class. And so right. every minute now that I have to go back to, okay, this is how you make a fist. This is how you do get on but I. This is how you do whatever. To to get that person somewhat up to speed to be able to participate with the rest of class mm -hmm. is my attention not being, you know, spread around everybody else to where we can at least even be doing other beginner slash starting to be intermediate level stuff. Right. Right. And so that's, that's something that, that I face. And so it's, it's even part of this internal dilemma, you know, because I'm looking at, you know, six months left here, right. Before, right. before the next, before we, before we have to move on and, I want to welcome anybody that wants to come, but at the same time, there's a part that says, well, it's just easier at this point right now to not have any new people because I can at least right. take the people that I've got and keep giving them energy. So it's like this internal battle of wanting to get new people and expose them and get them excited about karate, but at the same time, recognizing that every time a new person comes in the class, it actually, in some cases starts to hold the class back because that's less time that we can't do. But so here's, here's, here's another, okay, let's take another little twist into it because there's a couple other little things that I want to get onto here. But this was something you said um, made me think about this and it goes back to one of my favorite topics about group classes. And in group classes, are we actually teaching or are we leading an activity i like to think that i'm teaching um <clears throat> because kind of like what you touched on earlier is we actually do quite a bit of discussion based stuff in our especially in my adult classes because mm. they're 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 longer hours and we can kind of fit in more um, okay my adult classes are all running at two hours oh okay oh well, that's different yeah, then. yeah okay. it's different so so we get to have a lot more freedom of like, Hey, we're going to learn this 
Mm. We're going to do this. We're mm. going to talk about this and then we're going to do it again. You know, right. so we can kind of, you know, but when it comes to like my kids and teens, there's a lot less discussion and mm. just a lot more doing. Right. However, I do try to make each class set up in a way that they're learning more about themselves mm. and what they're like physically able to do and their, you know, their body is, is doing as they're growing and things like that than necessarily like, you know, the history of karate or, or things like that, which you know, for six to 12 year olds, they're very uninterested in. Right. Uh, of course. We, you know, we do it, but they're like, Masa who? <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> no. what? What does what? that even mean? I, like, I don't even want to try to repeat that name. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, see, I, and that, I, was... I, I really like that distinction you made first of all, cause I didn't realize that your adult classes were, were two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't used to be, but they are currently, we're running two hour adult classes now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been like, just, it's been huge, huge for the development, just adding that extra. I mean, before we were doing our classes mm. and it was like, I don't have enough time. I right. don't have enough time. Um, but I restructured my, uh, my classes and, and now we're, we're two hours, but they're, they're two hours with me each time that they're in the dojo. So they're getting, mm. you know, they're getting a lot of information. Yeah. See, and I think that that's, and that, and that kind of ties in. Well, okay. So then how many, how many adults do you have on average that come to those, those classes? Um, we are between like 12 and 14. Okay. So that's still fairly large. Yeah. See, but I think that that's where it starts to get to with that, um, with that time, you're able yeah. to devote, like you said, here's what I want to, here's, here's what we're going to do today. Yeah. I'm going to explain it. We're going to drill it. Then we're going to talk about it again and fix it. And then we're going to do it again. And you can start to get into nuance. Yes. Yeah. Right. You, whereas your average hour ish group class with anywhere from 10 to 20 plus people Mm-hmm. it becomes more difficult to do that. Well, you know, I, I found that with an hour long class, you're, you're broken into time segments, mm. right? So, okay, we have, you know, six, 10 minute sessions or, you know, four 15 minute sessions, right? You know, and it's, it becomes really about like, okay, we're going to do this for a little bit. And now we have to move on to the next thing. And now we have to move on to the next thing. And, you know, you know, 15 minute warm up, uh, 15 minute kihon, you know, now we're 15 minutes of kata and we're already burned through 45 minutes and you really haven't done very much. Right. 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 And then if you're going to have any kind of discussion and cool down, you know, you're burning through that last 15 minutes very quickly. Right. Right. So let's tie it back to, because I remember, so as a, as a, as an instructor then, what can you do or how do you, I guess the simple way to say it is be better. I mean, I remember, was it you or somebody told me about, um, was it you, I can't remember. Uh, somebody was telling me a story about how they went to go train with one of their, the, the, the instructors in their organization. And the person was very technically proficient. Yes, that was me. We were talking about that recently. Oh, was it? Yes. Um, but like, walk, walk, walk through that. Walk through that scenario. Yeah. So, uh, essentially, like, and, and this is going to be without any names or anything like that. I I went and I was training, and I had questions, and just like you were saying, like you know, just kind of ask because this is Western culture, and he's a Westerner, so I would ask questions. But the ability to answer questions was like almost non-existent and it Mm. just became a matter of here watch me and just do what i'm doing but the ability to explain what he was doing or the meaning behind what was doing was just like not there but the proficiency level the technical level was like through the roof like very 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 high yeah yeah So so it just became a matter of like follow along, follow right. the leader kind of, you know? Yeah. Okay. Cause I want to turn this around and maybe this is part for the student one because, okay. you know, as I'm, as I'm 
coaching some of my athletes, I find that sometimes I have to actually stop explaining things mm-hmm. and be like, okay, just do what I'm doing right here or just do like I'm telling you to do. Don't worry about yeah. why or how. I, I can see by the look on your face that you have no idea what I'm, on, what I'm trying to explain to you. Right. So just do this. Just do it. Just move your foot this way. Just turn your foot. Just turn your foot. That's all I want you to do. Just think, turn your foot. You know, and and I think sometimes when you're talking about like the athlete or a competitor, you know, the, the why behind things matter less than the, like, just do it the way it's supposed to be done. Like, just do it this way. If that makes sense. Like, you know, the, the highest level competitor doesn't need to go out on the tummy and explain body mechanics. They don't need to explain <laughs> bunkai. They don't need to, you know, they just have to go out there and perform. So yeah, that's the, true. The, the, the why behind it is not as necessary as do this. Right. 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 Where, but from an instructor's shoe, perspective, right. The shoe is on the other foot where I'm, I'm an instructor who's trying to get more proficient in my prescribed like organizations, Aji, you know, mm. or, mm. you know, whatever. And it, I need to ask those questions and I need right. to know like why, but if you can't give me the why, then we're having a hard time with like me moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100% with that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the whereas, you know, and, and the point that I, when the reason that I want to explain it or I want them to understand it is because A, I might not be there all the time, right? So. Right because of the circumstances and the situation that we find ourselves in now. And so they need to be able to, oh, when, you know, when coach or when sensei said this, this is the reason for it. So let me try to do it this way better. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let me look at, there was one more thing that. Speaking of, yeah, it was, it was about athletes, right? Being Uh, No, 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 no. Okay. So, as an instructor. Now I want to, because one thing that I've found and I've, and I've want to get your perspective because sure to lay the background for everybody you have, I mean, you, you have athletes that you train, but your dojo has the, the spectrum of students, right? You have yes from beginners all the way up to, right. You recently promoted Sandans, right? So correct. I have, I have multiple Sandans all the way down to Mukyu. Right. Whereas, so you have the spectrum. I am at the two extremes yeah. with almost nothing in the middle right now. Yet. Right. Yeah. Right. So I have elite athletes that I'm training who are trying to compete internationally or to become on the national team. And then I have beginners. Right. And so the dilemma that I sometimes find myself, and I have to caveat this, I still have, it's very few numbers, right? So it's mm-hmm. easier to have that it's, it's almost like semi-private lessons all the time. So in some ways, it's easier to give discussion. But the dilemma that I find myself sometimes is at what point do I allow things, not, maybe not allow is not the right word, at what point do I not offer correction on things because the beginner is still trying to move, right? right? They're still trying to figure out, well, how do I move my left foot and my right foot and how do I get in this stance? And then, okay, so what kata are we doing? Pina nidan or are we doing pina shodan? And then I'm supposed to move this way. And so when it starts to become like some of these technical details about, hey, if you move this, you can move a little bit easier. This will be easier for you if you do this. At what point do you say that? Or what point do you hold it for later? Knowing that in the meantime, like semi-bad habits are still being formed by not saying that, but if you give too much information, the person becomes yeah. overwhelmed, right? So you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say, right? I, I, I do, yeah. So when I'm looking at like my beginners, I'm very forgiving on right. things, right? It's like, okay, you're, you're still trying to like, think, even adults, right? It's like, okay, you're still trying to like rub your head and pat your belly or whatever the saying is, you know, like right. you're trying to get one hand going and you know one foot stepping this way it's it's like it's abstract movement for so many people when they're coming in it's it's very it's very difficult so you get to a point where it's like okay 
you're stepping with the correct foot, your hand is moving generally in the, the correct way, you know, it, maybe we're a little bit off target or, or you know, our, our stance is not as long as we want it to be or our body is, you know, more in hanmi when it should be squared forward or what, you know, you kind of get away with, with some of that kind of stuff. Now, when we go to the opposite end of the spectrum and we're talking about elite athletes because I also have elite athletes, mm. um, and, and I think the answer to that one is, is we never stop. Right. Right. Like even, right. even up until like, okay, okay. You're competing in 15 minutes. It's going to have to be good enough right now. Like go compete. <laughs> it's good enough for this moment. Right. Because this moment's going to pass us by if we don't. Right. So go, right. go do it now. We, but now we're going to get right back to work and we're going to keep developing. And the, the, the more we develop the, the, finer the details they become and sometimes it, it, it seems like we're almost giving nothing but it's actually a lot right yeah. right well and see because this is the battle that i fight all the time right uh going through through there and even in my class and it's and again it's kind of the on the one hand i can kind of get away with it i think more because it's like that's it's a very small group but even then, I have to differentiate. Okay, my daughter can do this, right? And at her age, so if I can offer, mm -hmm. like I can, I can give this level of feedback, and she will probably be able to implement it. Right. But then, like with my wife, for example, it's like, okay, I'm gonna save that. Like, and then I sit there and I have a debate over. Okay, well, I let that go last week. Yeah. But now, or two weeks ago. I've noticed that you were doing this for the past two weeks, and it's like if I if I don't fix this now, then this is going to become a, even more of a habit, and so I can devote that little bit of time. But it's always this battle that I fight. Whereas, you know, for for the for the athletes at the at that elite level, it's like I will stop. You know, they'll be busting out full speed. A kata looks great, and then a foot moves wrong or a knee moves wrong. Like stop. Yep. Right. Don't back. do that. You know. Yeah. Like, did you? You know. Uh, there was there was a you know, uh, somebody did something the other day and I said, stop. And they were, I'm like, you just went and you did this. And they're like, Oh, I was hoping you didn't see that. Like, you, you're hoping that I didn't see that. Like, <laughs> it's my job to see that. Of course, like sensei sees everything, right? Like, Hoping you know, the internet connection went out for a brief second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that I missed the wobble or the, you know, the 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 rocking back on the heels and the almost falling over, right? Like, oh, I was hoping right. you didn't see that. Like, come on, you know that I'm looking at your feet like 95 percent of the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas you know, and so that's the thing is like, okay, I may, but it's it's I, I find it as a as an instructor that I have this internal battle the whole time on what level of, you know, and I, and I think maybe that's where, like we talked about that learning styles and mm -hmm. being able to adapt to each student recognizing it. And it's, I, you know, I, again, this is, you know, I, uh, definitely a more of a Western way of approach, I think. But I, I also feel like it can only really be done in that small group. It becomes exponentially harder the more you, you have yeah, so, group classes. So it like bigger group classes. My, my kids classes are, are considerably large uh, for, for like my area and my size of a dojo. My kids classes are pretty large, you know, on, on any giving night where we're, you know, we could be maybe 12. That's like the, the skeleton crew. Mm. Right. But if we're like a normal, we're like 18 to 20, 28. Yeah. Wow. In a, in a night. So, yeah. And you've been in my dojo. It's it's yeah. not like huge. It's so you know we're we're taking up a lot of space. But as we look through the spectrum of ranks that are in those classes too, you know, you're right. It's hard to go and and give every single person like this devoted time. Mm. But if I have like a set standard across the 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 room that says, okay, look, you know, everybody has to meet this this level. Right. For the technique, right? Right. If everybody is doing this, then we can kind of move forward. Mm. Right. And then it goes up, you know, and then kind of kind of ties in well with the ranking system. You know, you're you know, you move up into your yellow belts and blue belts and green belts and so on. The bar goes up. Mm. Um and and you have to you have to rise with it. You know? Right. So 
you know, so like I said, I, I can let my white belts kind of get away with things, but but as they move forward, everything kind of just tightens up, tightens up, tightens up. Yeah. Okay. So then, how do we? How do we? How do I, how do I express this? What can somebody do if they realize that? Hey, I think I'm pretty good at this, but I'm not a very good teacher. What do you think are some options for them, or what would they, you? What would be your advice if they if they, they think want to be a teacher? Well, yeah. So, I mean, if somebody realizes that, hey, you know, if they if they realize like, hey, I'm not a very good teacher, but maybe put it this way, because like. What would be some advice that you have for people who want to be a teacher but aren't very good at it yet? Okay, so um, stick to what you know first and foremost, right? Stick to what you know, and if you are like a shodan or nidan or whatever, and you know your your sensei is asking you to now like step up and help teach in classes, hmm. right? He may give you an assignment like, "Hey, you have. I want you to go work on this thing with this group or whatever. Do that thing." But if he puts you like in the front of the class and is like, okay, hey, you're going to run the next 30 minutes. I'm going to take this group and I'm going to go over here. You've been doing Kihon for a long time. You should know how <laughs> Kihon works. Like do Kihon, right? right? Like do what you know. But beyond that, take interest in teaching as well. Like don't just show up to the dojo and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to teach. No, no, no. If you want to be a teacher, you have to take interest in it. You have to pursue learning how to teach. Right. right. And and start with your own sensei. Like look at his teaching style. Look at what works. Maybe that is not the best method of teaching, but maybe, you know, you can find other ways to improve for yourself to become a better teacher. I can tell you without any like doubt that my teacher wants me to be a better teacher than him. So it's not going to be this thing where you know, if I'm pursuing being a good teacher, he's going to be mad that I'm, you know, doing extra things. Right. So go learn how to teach. And there's a lot of resources out there for free on this cool thing called the internet. <laughs> yeah. About teaching. Well, exactly. And that's kind of what, what, what my suggestion was going to be through. It was never through karate. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't even know how I really started. I'm trying to remember when, like, when my first time, like, running a class was. But it was kind of the same thing. Like, we just, you know, it was like, oh, oh, Michael, okay, we're going to go do, do, we're going to do Kihon, right? Or we're going to go run this kata. Okay, well, we're going to step left, and then you block punch and blah, 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 right? right? But through work, I've been, I guess I would say fortunately, but at the time, it felt more like punishment. Mm. Um, I had to take, uh, our instructor development course, mm. uh, twice actually through two different assignments because I was in two different assignments that were, that had instructor responsibilities. Um, and they, even though I had just done it several years before that, they were like, Nope, God do it again. So I had to do it again. Um, so as much as I dreaded it at the time, uh, cause like, it was a two week class and it's just like mind numbing, but I can, I can see how it was very beneficial. So I would echo also get online, you know, Google instructor development course and, and look at the resources that are out there to help you figure out how to explain things, how to talk to people, different types of questions that you pose, right? Because I never, until I, I, I took this course, I never thought about directed questions versus canvassing questions. Mm. Hey, Jonathan, what's the first move of whatever kata, right? Or right. does anybody know, can anybody tell me what we do when this situation happens? Right. Right. Two different very types of questions. Right. So, uh, you know, I, that, that was just something that I never, never even knew about, uh, until I took that course. So that would be my right. recommendation. Yeah. And one, one other thing that I learned too, um, this actually came from an ex-girlfriend that I learned from who was 
at the time going to a university to be an elementary school teacher. Mm. So it was kind of piggybacking off of her, her studies, but she was learning about the hamburger method. Okay. You know the hamburger method? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I found that something like that has actually been very useful with critique. Yeah. You know, because you're going to, if you're going to be a, a karate teacher, you're going to have to also learn how to critique. Right. Right. All right. Because you can't just yell at people and say that they're stupid or they're doing poorly or, you know, or just what? do better. What? <laughs> you can't. Right. No. I That's some newfangled, new age BS. <laughs> yeah. You can't just scream at people all the time and tell them they I suck. Mean, I mean, you could try. You see how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to go back and completely revisit my lesson plans. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that does tie in with, I mean, it, it's exactly, it, it's exactly because, and that's kind of what I, what I was talking about with as a coach, I feel it's my responsibility. Let me phrase that. It's, it's not their responsibility as an athlete to adapt to me right. as a coach. It's my athlete or it's my responsibility to adapt to them. Right. Because they're the one that's going out and perform. They've, they asked me to coach them to help get them to the place that they want to be to achieve their goals. Right. right? So therefore it's not about me just saying this and you have to figure it out, but how do I say that? And realistically, when we're talking about that, it's all critique. It's all criticism, right? It's 100% criticism with, you know, 99% criticism with sometimes a, Hmm, that one wasn't so bad, right? That, like, so bad. that, that yeah. one wasn't as horrible as the time before, right? I joke around <laughs> that. I don't say that very often, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, no, do it again. No, not like that. Like this. No, not like that. And so, you know, even with, with one of my athletes, I've, you know, uh, I've actually started to adjust even more uh, the way over like the past several months trying to tweak it to even make it like more precise and to give that person the feedback that they need, including the criticism because, and I, I hate to use the word criticism because it's, it's not really a criticism, not criticism just critique, you know, critique. Like, yeah. But the flip side of that is, and, and it's not just about athletes. This is karate in general. When you're getting critiqued, let me phrase that. When do you have a positive experience in karate? Your teacher's never going to be like, oh, that was phenomenal. Like, wow, you got it. You're done. Right? Like, 10th done right now, today. Right? Like, you completely mastered the technique. It's always about correction. It's always about technique, or about, about that critique, right? Here, move like this. Here, do it better. And then once in a while, you'll get, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. What? I've gotten some... I've gotten some much more positive feedback in, in Okinawa than, than that. Come on, man. That's, we we got to talk about your experiences, bro. Like that's... <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because uh, I, just yesterday I was watching a, a video um, and Oshiro Sensei was actually critiquing somebody in there. And mm. you could tell, I mean, so this was for like a seminar video or whatever. Yeah. And um, you could tell that they did it wrong. Yeah, but you could tell that they did it wrong, but he just decided to ignore it because he just kind of smirked and, or he cannot smirk is not the right word, but he kind of chuckled and he's like, "Ma, okay, like, yeah." <laughs> and you know that it's like, oh, I wonder if this person realizes that they just <laughs> totally aren't getting it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. But anyways. Anyways, okay. In their head, in their head, they were like, "Oh, look, he's smiling." I'm yeah, exactly. He's smiling and then watching it because I know him, right? And it's like yeah. that's his way of telling you, "No, you didn't get it." But right. it's very. And he even said this at one point. He's like, "Oh, it's difficult, but never mind. Let's move on." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, because it's like you know, it's like that's his way of of like okay. Uh, it's too difficult for you right now, but uh, we're we're not going to spend the next hour for me trying to explain this for you to understand. Like, 
the time he told me the very first time he told me to lift my bass lift my back muscles <laughs> doing kata and i'm sitting there like i don't even understand the words you're saying right now like what does that even mean right and he he's like okay well we're gonna move on then yeah <laughs> so anyways uh yeah being an instructor is tough um and being a I, I think tying it back into the beginning you know being a good practitioner doesn't mean that you automatically know how to teach and it yeah. takes a lot of work i think to become a good instructor yeah and i i don't think that any you know if we have any like new black belts or even you know nidan sandan levels you know you shouldn't feel pressured to teach also like you shouldn't mm. feel like you have to teach it's not something that you need to do to be a good karateka like you yeah know, it, you don't have to do that you can totally focus on yourself and totally focus on the development of your own karate i think that it takes a different person a different personality to want to step into that like role of being a sensei, a dojo owner, right. you know, business person, a teacher, a mentor, a counselor, all the things that we have to kind of assume when we step into that role. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to take us out. Yeah, I think so. All right. So if you're, uh, if you're listening here, you know, make sure that you, uh, Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Give us a review. Share it. Let your friends know. Pass it along. And, uh, you know, again. Yeah, you know, sp speaking of that, by the way, real quick, let me just interject. You know, we already have gone through the end of the year and everything like that. And I was watching everybody's like Spotify recaps. I didn't see very many people's uh, way of the fists up on their their Spotify recaps, y'all. Y'all need to bump up those uh, those views. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The listens. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, okay. There. Okay. Well, what was it? JCV learns Japanese or JCV whatever. Wait, wait, why was Way of the Fist number three? Because I participate in the podcast. I don't always <laughs> go back and listen to it. <laughs> but you should. I do. So the ones that I listen to, listen, <laughs> the ones that I listen to, I go back and I listen to the ones where I am like, God, I feel like I sounded like an idiot on this episode. So I want to go back and make sure I didn't sound stupid. So. No, uh, you know, it's funny because we, I mean, this is, this is the same. It, it's the same, whether we're like looking at our own kata videos or anything like that. Yeah. When we're doing it, sometimes we sound stupid, but when I go back and I listen and and I edit them and, you know, get them up on the platform and stuff. Sometimes, you know, not, not to sound, but, but we're pretty good. We're pretty good at this. Yeah. I, that's why I'm like, all right, hey, that, that was, that was a good episode. Yeah. Some, sometimes I, I, I'm like, I'm going to listen to it. And if it's bad, I'm going to send a message to Michael and tell him we got to take it down, <laughs> but I haven't no. sent you that message. No, so no, no, no. Yeah. No, and even then, I mean, but we have had the discussions about about episodes in the past before we throw them up, where yes. we've reviewed it. You know, both yeah, of us have, yeah. have listened to them a couple times and be like, okay, is this what we want to we want to say? Is is this is did this come out the way we wanted it to come out? And yeah. ultimately, we've always made the decision to to go ahead and throw it up there. Throw it up there. Uh, yep. So good, bad, but, or ugly. You know, it's yeah. got to go. Yeah. So yes, but anyways, subscribe comment, review, share it. Yep. All the things, all the things, do all the things, all of do them. all the things. Alrighty. All right. So we will catch you on the next one. Yep. See you next time.